TSBC betting podcast. I'll be your host today, Brandon Lupian. You could find me at Twitter at Portland 76er. I'm joined by the PhD of the Philadelphia Eagles and our expert on the MLB uh, team, especially our own San Diego Padres, Brandon First. You could find Brandon First at First Report on Twitter and on Instagram now. Um, Brandon, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Um, it's really interesting. This is the first, uh, first time we've been together, just us two. Um, and this is going to be a, a fun, fun dynamic where every, every week we're pretty much going to bring you all top, you know, the top five stories of the week. And we're going to put the betting spin on them so that you can not only be informed, but that you know how to take that information and turn it into money because that's what we're all about. We're all about making money, watching sports and, you know, there's all kinds of people out there, especially on CNBC. These, uh, Josh brought me, pushed me onto these, these Naharanian brothers. Um, and that's their last name. I think I might've um, butchered the name, but that's not the point of the situation. Right, right. Uh, one, of, one of the brothers played in the NFL, um, had a, you know, mediocre journeyman career, five years, good for him, pat on the back, goodbye, blah, blah, blah. He goes into business with his buddy or his, with his brother, who's a trader. And they decide that, oh, all of a sudden I'm good at trading and this guy knows football. We're going to start coming out with charts about betting and how to do this. And, and they're going to patent that and they're going to charge you for that. And they have no idea. You go into Vegas and you put down in the, in the, uh, the uh, sports book a chart about how you're going to bet, you will get laughed out of the place. Gambling is not a uh, chart situation unless you're charting your victories and that's for the bank to do so. Just want to remind you that we don't charge you and we're not going to give you charts. We're going to give you real information. We're going to give you uh, tools to put your own spin on things. And you know what they say, you can, uh, you catch a fish for a man, you feed him for a day, you teach him to fish, feed him for a lifetime. So that's what we're here to do. And uh, that's pretty much what this show is going to be about um, and really kind of bridge the gap until NFL season hits um, and then we can get the whole gang back together. So. Well, you know, with NFL season, yeah, forward to it. But we talk about MLB just around the corner, and you've smashed every major baseball team, um, and you've and you've touched a lot of things as far as what you want to look for when you when you make those bets. So look forward to Brandon first, MLB uh, team analysis. Um, tell us about this last podcast you did um, with Josh about two days ago or a day ago uh the uh podcast the the last one i did mlb related mm -hmm. yeah so that was really just kind of hammering down what needs to happen because needs this is this is something we've never seen before or i've never seen before we're not talking financials and that's a part of it but we're talking health regulations we're talking you know, players having to agree to rules. And I talked about it in one of my podcasts. They are sequestered to hotels. There's a big difference between being in a road city in a hotel and needing to be at the team bus or being at the team facility a certain time. Being sequestered in a hotel means we just left the team facility or whatever, go to your room, we'll come get you when it's time to leave the facility. At least we can go for walks. They can go to the, you know, maybe go for a walk down the street, blah, blah, blah. But sequestered is so different. And we're talking, even today, they're talking about no spitting and stuff like that. And as a former ball player, I know it sounds trivial. 
you step on the field and it, it's just like immediate. You just want to spit. It's, so it's not trivial. It's part of the game. Exactly. It's part and of the gosh darn game. And that's that. If it's part of the game, that's the part that we need to find, and that's what we need to figure out how we're going to turn that into betting wise. And it's not so much the spitting and stuff like that. It's more the tangible stuff. It's for me, I look at veteran players who have maybe the journeyman players who haven't, who have been pretty much living at hotel rooms on their one year deals for the last three or four or five years. Maybe sequestered is a bit much, but they know what it's like to deal with room service and shitty microwaves and, and coffee makers that don't work in the morning, as opposed to the Manny Machados that have, you know, since year two have been able to say, that's my house. I'm going to live here in this city for the next X number of years. I'm going to live there. I'm comfortable. Right. So those are the positives. So those are the things that we talked about in that podcast that we find the people who, who are positively affected by this and that's where we're going to put our money right awesome great job uh, recapping that last pod so here's our here's our first hot topic tweet uh the week this was actually last week five days ago and i know the news has changed um in regards to it uh recently but this is the tweet from five days ago uh breaking nfl owners will vote next week on a res resolution that would improve a team's draft position if it hires a person of color as head coach or general manager. Currently, there are only two black GMs and four head coaches of color, matching a seven-year, seventeen-year low. Impression. Uh, you know, it's this is this is murky waters for me. I don't I don't want anything that I say to be considered this or that. For me, I want the NFL to do every single thing in their power to give minority coaches and minority uh, staffers, not just coaches and GMs, just getting your foot in the door to any position to advance. I want them to do everything in their power to do that. However, when you, I mean, we're talking about a third round draft pick. That is a lot. And I don't, I don't want anybody to be hired because you got me a pick 17 picks higher, or I don't want my team to do that. And to be fair, and now granted, I'm a white male, so I really, my opinion doesn't matter personally in that, how that person feels, but I wouldn't want to be hired because of that. Now, granted, it's difficult and there are, there should be more. I mean, it's disproportionate when 100%. you look at the amount of minority athletes and they're definitely not the minority when it comes to that compared to the people in charge. 100%. I just, when we move draft positions now, um, that's just, it seems a bit murky water to me. I don't quite know how 32 white owners are going to feel about this. And I don't think Rooney, um, Art Rooney is a part, I'm pretty sure one of the Rooneys is still there, but Art, the, the main kind of um, guy behind the Rooney rule is on the board or anything. I don't even know if he's still alive, but yeah. um, I don't know. That's just my opinion. I, I do look at it as a gamble, uh, from a gambling perspective in terms of that, that could, I mean, that's going to elevate all the assistants. Raheem Morris just became maybe 
the number one the number target one. no matter yeah. what happens this absolutely year. you know and just even anthony lynn might now have an extra three or four years or and there you know that's that's just from a gambling perspective like maybe the leash is a little longer or these other coordinators are you know a little tighter uh, held to the vest. Well, as we went as we went through last season, uh, and last season for us on our podcast was a major success in regards to our winning percentage. And anyone listening now can divulge into our winning percentage. Listen to all our old podcasts. We drop valuable business sense knowledge in regards to our approach, and you get great opinions and analysis from a number of different voices, which made us successful. Um, We talked last year a lot about tanking for Tua. And then as Tua went down, um, and and that affected some betting lines um, with certain teams. Remember Miami was that team that, I think up until week five, when they were competing well, and then all of a sudden Raider Jim's like, you don't sleep on, don't sleep on Miami. And then, and, and then Josh always says, oh, Raider Jim made me boatloads of money. I'm betting Miami. Once they stop, once the whole stop of tanking for Tua ended, and then it became tank for Joe Burrow. And um, in Cincinnati, I mean, they were in position to win a lot of games. And um, did that, did that um, adjust any lines or so? No, maybe not, but it certainly made people money. You know, so, you know, in regards to that, and now that they're trying to affect the draft picks with it, um, what's it going to do for those lines? It's interesting because um, I remember, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about baseball a little bit. There was a push to hire minority managers, and they were only subject to certain teams. I love Davey Lopes. I thought he was given a raw deal with his first managerial job with the Milwaukee Brewers after so many years as a bench coach. And he didn't last long. And you could name a couple more uh, minority managers that they were just put in wrong positions. And the organization didn't do much to solidify their stock into them. And and they never got a managerial job since. could that happen with the NFL? It, it certainly can. But, you know, with the NFL, we've seen teams go from non-playoff contenders to immediate playoff contenders last year with the, with the 49ers, Super Bowl contenders with the Niners, given the right stock in, in draft picks and right free agent pickups. So, oh, and trades, because that's how they got their, their quarterback of, of choice. So. I, will, I will say, though, in terms of the, uh, the managerial indifferent, the, the, ML, the NFL is, is probably – them and obviously the NBA predominantly African-American MLB is uh, more Latin American um, in terms of, and that, that just you, that's a big reason why the San Diego Padres hired Chase Tingler. Like the biggest thing that I heard is, Oh, he can speak Spanish. I'm over here like, I mean, give you six weeks in, in, in San Diego and you'll be able to pick up a good amount of Spanish if you if they if you were able to sit down and chill and you can't tell me this guy can't pick up Rosetta Stone a manager can't pick up <laughs> Rosetta Stone and also going back to the Davy Lopes thing I think the Padres had a situation later on just recently I still don't have exactly how yeah. how do you have 
Dave Roberts in your dugout as your bench coach. You fire <laughs> Bud Black. He is still in your dugout. Yeah. Don't even give him a hot. You don't even interview him. I and I'm not saying it's you know race related or anything, but that that's a point right there. Look what he's done since. Oh, manager of the year brought the brought a loaded Dodgers roster though. Hey, it's tough to win with a loaded roster. It, it really is, and it's on you to either stay up, elevate, or go down. And they've stayed up, you know. All right, great, great job, great job. Next story. Yahoo sources, NBA superstars, LeBron James, Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Giannis, Giannis, I'm going to leave it at Giannis, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and Steph Curry held private conference on Monday to establish a united front in resuming, in favor of resuming the season. We made the listeners a boatload of money watching NCAA basketball, watching NBA basketball. Josh has his formula set. He's texting me every every night. Uh, road legs. How many consecutive games have these legs been? Go with the under or go with the other team, blah, 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 blah. These guys want to play, and understandably so. First, will empty an arena affect play or not? Uh, in the NBA, I I think it will a little bit. I, I do think there is the whole um, referee bias, you know, the home calls, and maybe that goes away when you don't have thirty five or twenty thousand people screaming at you. I mean, I, the one thing I will say, I think one of the biggest adjustments is might be have to be the players and coaches. You're not going to be able to scream "you bleep and suck" to the referee halfway across the court. Because he can hear you now. You know, everyone knows, you know, I saw it when I was watching the UFC. You know, Daniel Cormier was, took his headphones off and goes, guys, we got to kind of be quiet. Like, he can hear exactly our commentary right now <laughs> while they're fighting. Like, it's a different dynamic. And it is a um, one of those, I think it'll affect it that way a little bit. Um, I, I do know one thing when it comes to the NBA. When they come back. I don't know how they're going to come back, but I know whatever way they're going to come back, it will be player friendly because that, those be players player have, they are a united front and the owners are pretty much on board. I don't know. It might've been maybe, I think it was the Donald Sterling thing. I think the Donald Sterling thing was the tipping point and the owners just kind of went, Ooh, let's just take our money and shut the hell up and let Cuban yell over there, you know? But for the most part, the NBA is, I mean, as player friendly as it gets. So do you think that's going to translate on the court? It's going to I be do. more open, free, less calls, higher scoring games, looking for overs to go extremely over. Um, one that a crowd does is helps build momentum, carry a team out of the hole, and carry a team through like hot scoring streaks. Have you ever seen Golden State just go lights out from behind the arc and the crowd's going crazy? and they're feeling that momentum, well, that momentum might be gone now. Most likely it's going to be gone across the NBA. I, that may affect scoring on a lower end, you know? Um, we I, were wonder, I wonder about, you know, I've never been in the NBA. I've never really shot on a clear backboard, but I wonder if, if just shooting on a clear backboard over and over to what, a beige background of seats, as opposed to kind of that, 
that swarm and that like ocean of things like even with free throws you know maybe these people are so used to those you know confair those uh, balloons or whatever they're they'll struggle I, who knows and you're right i could see it going both ways the only thing i would say with momentum is I feel like, I mean, I even played a pickup basketball games. I don't need to be a crowd to know the way the momentum of the game is going. Um, I think it does help, though. And I think the main thing is the college game. The college basketball atmosphere, I mean, they're down 20, and they go on a 4-0 run, and the place is going nuts. And it's like, guys, you're still down 16. (laughs) But they got a chance, you know. And I think it'll affect the NCAA more than NBA. But the big plays and the the big things like that, they're going to know. Right. Um, it's still going to be a little surreal, though. To, I mean, see a game-winning shot with, what, background noise? I mean, yeah. five, it went 12 guys going crazy, which, you know. Yeah, you never. know, it, it, so. it'll, it'll, it'll be at least a week or two. Mm. Oh, yeah. Guys are going to be like, oh, no more celebration. Hit the shot and walk off the floor. Exactly, and that's you know? another thing. Yeah. We've seen it uh, – the we've seen it with everything oh you got it you know when you do the celebrations and all that stuff it's got to be and i don't know how the hell you talk about (laughs) oh man but we'll see stoicism at its finest but the players are definitely going to be united and it's it behooves them to be united i don't think any of those guys you named are really worried about a paycheck at the moment but like i said i believe the players are the nba players have it the best right now um because of their cba and um I think they're probably poised to start first um, because they were the one to end first and they, they really kind of need to get going. I love hockey to death, but the country isn't screaming for hockey to come back. I'll be honest. Wow. What a, what a transition. Transition. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. But we're going to have to, we're going to have to dig a little bit, a little bit out of how we're going to find our betting angles. You're the expert on hockey. Yep. Um, You give me your take. Um, the AHL board, minor leagues, right? San Diego AHL, Bulls League, yeah. Right. AHL board of Governors has voted to cancel the remainder of the 2019-2020 uh, AHL regular season and the 2020 Cup playoffs due to COVID-19 public health crisis. The impact on the NHL team late in the season, they, they allow these guys to have call-ups for playoff runs, correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a standstill in itself with the season being postponed. Now the AHL franchises are done. Who knows what they're doing on the side, working out um, in communication with their parent NHL club. Who knows? Um, But I'm sure most NHL clubs have a list of prospects or guys that where they're looking to, to call up if the season continues. Have you heard anything? Um, in terms of, I mean, obviously the, a, the AHL season is done and dusted, and I do believe that we're going to, I believe the minor league season for baseball, when baseball gets figured out, I think something's going to come out in terms of maybe everyone goes to Arizona, but I think, I don't think minor league season is going to happen in baseball, but obviously in the NHL, it's dead. For the NHL, I, I would, I could see them maybe if they do come back, because I honestly, like I said, in this country, it's it's not a clamoring for it right now. And the NHL, I mean, of all the commissioners, Gary Bettman is by far probably the most inept. I'm actually incredibly surprised a guy who has dealt with so much drama is still there. 
but it's just because he's kind of like a clown at this point. No one really wants to wants that job, but I don't expect them to come back. But if they do, I would, I would think that with the minor leagues being shut down, I could see them maybe opening up their roster um, to maybe having either more players dressed or allowing up to 10 players as the, the inactives. Cause currently right now there's, there's 23 players on a team and game, you know, 40 minutes before game time, the coach gives a, a thing of 20. Three gotcha. players pretty much are in street clothes watching the game from the stands. You could probably see that open up to 10. Um, the threes, just because a lot of times there's such a long distance between your minor league team and your NHL team. Um, but if they do come back, if you don't have a minor league team and four of your guys get hurt, you can't call up some guy on the couch and be like, hey, we need you to play in the playoffs. You know, it's a Stanley Cup. No Zamboni driver, so. Exactly. And, and when you look at the – <laughs> exactly when you look at the betting lines um i i do want to caution um i love hockey but i'm never ever going to put a hockey line out there or anything like that i i enjoy hockey um i watch the kings i don't watch enough hockey to really get deep down into it but looking at it you're going to have certain teams that and it's every single year there's one or two rookies in the playoffs that made their debut debut in the playoffs, never ever before in the NHL, and they, they make it in the, in the uh, NHL. It happens every year. It happens in the uh, Stanley Cup. That's when their debut is. And they're amazing. And they kind of turn into like this folk hero legend. That's not going to happen this year. Whether we come back or not, we're not going to have that kid who came out of nowhere. Um, I mean, sometimes you see these kids three days later after, you know, he won the uh, NCAA championship in ice hockey. He's on the big league team and he's scoring goals. So right, right. you're not going to see kind of that part of it. Um, overall, the NHL, I think the teams that are are top heavy, when we do come back, the Lightning, the Penguins, the Flyers, those are the teams that are going to continue to dominate. And they're probably going to dominate even more just because the other teams, like the Kings, I love the Kings, but they're probably one of the worst teams. They're looking around like, what are we doing here? Like, we have 10 games left. Like, we don't want to be here. We're out of the playoffs. And they're probably going to trounce those teams. So that could be something to look at. Now, once again, I do say I'm, uh, I, 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 I'm not an NHL gambler. But those, that's what I see from my, my side. Is there any similarity as far as – and I'm not too sure how far you've looked, at, looked into it. Is there any similarity? Um, Low-scoring sport, baseball. You could win 3-2. You could win 1-0. Hockey, you could win 1-0. You have a 0-0-0 tie, you know, 3-0, 3-2. How similar are those lines if you've looked into or divulged into, into what gamblers want to look into? Definitely. I mean, right? the half points are – I mean, we talk about it in, um, in our NFL betting podcast. We talk about, oh – yeah, just, you know, just tease a half point or whatever, you know, kind of yeah. like no big thing. Half point in in these, like, yeah, baseball and, and especially the NHL, um, when you have – when you get into the playoffs, one thing is pretty common in the playoffs. Usually the team with the best goalie wins or at least makes it as, as far as their offense will allow them to. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you get into those, you're right, those – those either whether you're looking at the over under for the overall whether it's a four and a half versus five I mean you're talking about a two uh, a three one game you're a winner 
versus a 3-2-1-0. Oh, nothing. You know, that one goal that means yeah. absolutely nothing. And I also caution people when we talk about that. We have a little thing in the NHL that's called the empty net. And believe me, if you're a gambler and you lose on an empty net goal, especially two empty net goals, I promise you, you will, you will think. And that's the main reason I don't bet the NHL. It's the only sport that literally, for the most part, literally says, hey, take a goal. Right. You know, I mean, now <laughs> basketball, they do the free throws. But even then, you have to make the free throws. I mean, this right. is, you know, so those, those um, what do you we call it, empty net goals will, yeah. I guarantee you, that they, they will bring your percentage down and they will frustrate the hell out of you because you just don't know when they're coming and they're, they're, they're a rogue wave. They're, they're the ultimate anomaly that you just can't be ready for. And you definitely can't compare the cylinder of a rim, the size of a basketball, with the size of the net and the size of the puck. Exactly. Great job, Brandon. All right, here we go. MLB is expected to propose a universal DH for the 2020 season as part of their plan. How will it affect scoring lines? We all know the American League is a run to a run and a half differential on the higher end versus the National League. It just brings an added bat to the lineup uh, to an already weak um, league as far as pitchers go. Pitchers go. That's a young pitchers league where there's more throwers than there are actual pitchers uh, to take advantage of. Um, skewing the lines. Higher or lower? What do you think? It's, it, it's, it's going to go up. The lines, they're going to go up. They have to go up. Um, now, obviously, when you have the Yankees playing the Red Sox, that doesn't, you know. It's out the door. Yeah, yeah we're, but we're talking Dodgers, Padres. The line goes up. How much, though? And I think that's going to depend on how National League teams, because the biggest part of this is no one really, we thought the teams were going to have an offseason to get ready for this. Right. Everyone kind of expected the end of next year or next offseason, this coming offseason, excuse me, everyone's going to say, okay, universal DH. Teams go, okay, here's an extra $20 million. Let's go get another bat. This is kind of like, oh, shoot, by the way, you better have another bat. And every team has another bat, don't get me wrong. Um, but it's going to go up. How much it goes up will be interesting to me because what teams will benefit from this? I don't necessarily think the Padres will benefit from this. Um, I mean, maybe now they can use Francisco Mejia as, as somebody with Austin Hedges and Mejia as a bat, Hedges as a glove. That's okay. But I mean, now you got to go to Colorado, Arizona and the Dodgers and you don't get a ninth or a pitcher to deal with. Now you have Jock Peterson, um, a Cattell Marte or a, you know, a, a Charlie Blackman as an extra batter. That's, that's, that scares me, and I'm not even pitching. Then um, <laughs> we haven't even brought up Coors Field. We haven't even brought up the absolute band boxes that are in the National League. And I'm looking at um, Philadelphia. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. <laughs> um, there's other ones, too. I think Miami's pretty – Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, so this is going to definitely push the lines up. However, I do think there will be an overreaction to it because especially early on, every single year we see it. Pitchers are ahead of hitters to start the season. The Vegas is going to look at, oh, DH, universal DH, universal DH, universal DH. And they're going to push that line up. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think it'll go up one to two runs. 
but they're going to try and push it up to three or four runs because they'll sell you on that Jock Peterson. They'll sell you on that extra bat. And at the end of the day, what does Jock Peterson really do? He bats 220. He hits 40 bombs and he'll drive in about 85, 90 runs. And he's more dangerous than a pitcher, no doubt. But is, is he a guy that every time he goes up, you go, Oh, there's a run. No, no. So I think there's going to be an overinflation and I think we should be ready for that. Um, now, like I said, there, there are going to be differences to this. Jock Peterson could go four for four in those times where, you know, it wouldn't be a pitcher or those situations. And as I said, in my podcast, the minute this is finalized and it is a universal DH, Yasiel Puig looks at his agent and goes 25 million, right? 25 million. Don't call me until they at least hit 20. And I wouldn't be surprised if he says, I want three or four years. Are you surprised he's not signed by now? I mean, teams were already into spring training. Yes, I am. I, I, I think a lot of it is the persona he has. Um, he's a great teammate. I mean, everything we've seen, I mean, he was, he was traded in the middle of a game when he was in Cincinnati. And he there, then later on in that game, tried to fight an entire baseball team. I don't know what else you need to know. Okay, yeah, he maybe a little bit of a loud mouth. Maybe he thinks he's better than he is. Okay, who is it in the major? I mean, most people are. He's a great talent. And when I say, oh, he's a great situation for a DH, he's a pretty damn good right fielder too. So, yes, I am surprised. But I have to feel like he's asking for too much. But he just put himself right back on the market because 15 – teams just found a position for him period now okay maybe the Dodgers aren't going to go looking for him obviously with his back pass but even like the Braves probably wouldn't but teams like the Padres the Mets why wouldn't you sign this guy to a one-year deal um and I know not a whole lot of teams are making a ton of money right now but we have to be ready to to make money when those games start and I feel like whoever gets Yasiel Puig that will be an instant push up immediately especially in the national league because he's going to go to a national league team he has to at this point um and i i think he has to be signed at this point with the delay in the season have the bats caught up to the arms on a whole no i mean you might have those guys you see certain people um oh man uh shoot i forget who it was i had no podcast but he's quarantined with his hitting coach Right. Okay, he's, yes, he will be ahead. But there are people that are quarantined with their two-year-old daughter and and wife and mother-in-law. Okay, no one's throwing them BP. No one's, you know, there's only so much, you you know, film you can watch. I think it's a situational thing. Where are you? Are you able to um, live in, I mean, if look, let's be honest. If you live in South Dakota, you can go do whatever you want for the most part. If you live in certain states, if you live in Wyoming, you know, it's a lot more lax. Now you're not getting incredible weather and all that stuff, but still you're able to go out. And the biggest thing is just being around the competition, the speed of things. Gotcha. You can sit there and take, I mean, I've, you've seen it. You go to boomers, right? You go, you feel like you're a man on fire. You go to boomers batting cages. You feel amazing. First time someone throws you a curveball, you go, whoa, that wasn't, no. That wasn't right here. Oh, that's right. You're supposed to throw it away from me. Oh, uh, and off-speed kills? Oh, my bad. Exactly, you know? So (laughs) I I still think in in, in the spring training, 
kind of 2.0, I've called it, is going to be very interesting because it's that's going to be kind of a two-week little, hey, you better figure it out, you know, and then that's when we'll we'll see who is ready to kind of move on. I don't think every pitcher will be ahead of the hit- hitters, but I still think most pitchers will be ahead. Most throwers? Yes. Well, <laughs> no, 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 no. The throwers will not be ahead. I, okay. I don't like throwers. I like pitchers. I got pitchers you. are successful. Throwers are just warm bodies. And by the way, that uh, that that uh, screenshot you sent of Maddox and him explaining <laughs> everyone but F and Tony Gwynn. Yep. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Moving forward. NFL games played in empty saves will have an obvious impact on betting lines, shrinking the presumed three-point edge that comes from playing at homes. Home. Sorry. This is, I think, in terms of the betting world, this is the biggest news. And we saw it coming, don't get me wrong, but then it was Absolutely. kind of, we, we, we really kind of took a step back and looked at it and went, oh, wow. No other sport, period, has the advantage that a home field has that's the NFL. So much so that literally the championship has to be at a neutral site. It's the only sport for a sport four major sport that the home field and I do understand it's a one game thing but it's a neutral site because you can't you can't have a championship in that home because it's such a big and uh, a big advantage and diving deeper the three points we always as betters we talked about it probably more so than anything else every single game we talked about it was the three point home move Move. whether it was oh okay the buccaneers are four point underdogs at home against the saints oh okay so they really think they're seven points better than them but it's in tampa and you know josh loves to talk about the weather and all that stuff the humidity yeah yeah you know and and we will now see seattle the 12th man no no don't don't it doesn't exist so you know new england doesn't exist. It's just really cold now. The, you know, the Saints, speaking of them. Exactly. I went to the loudest places in the NFL, along with Seattle, the 12th man and their 12th man. Um, lines, fairly even, fairly skewed. We're, we're definitely getting back to, obviously, the, the three points. Um, yeah. But I just wonder – now, I'm not quite sure. The NFL isn't in as close as MLB. If we are talking about nothing really changes in terms of the NFL, in terms of the players' lives. So the players don't need to sequester themselves. Um, They can maybe go home to their, as long as their family has done what needs to be done, they can go home to their family at that point. And um, they can have that kind of comfort level. If that's the case, then I think we still should see a favorites advantage, if you will, because there's the home cooking, literally the literal home cooking of having your wife's whatever, the freaking tacos or, um, you know, I don't know, 
amazing sloppy joes i don't know whatever right. as opposed to as opposed to this guy who's had room service and who knows maybe it was michael jackson or michael jordan's pizza delivery pizza guy, guy. And, he, <laughs> and he gave you a flu flu ridden pizza you don't know so if that's the case if the players at home are allowed to stay at home and kind of live their lives kind oh, of normally like they would mm-hmm. i think there should still be a movement in the line in terms of, I don't think three is enough. I think maybe one and a half should probably be that. I don't know if Vegas will take that into that into account. I sure hope they don't, because we'll right. take full advantage of that. But I think that could be something to look forward to. Now, if they are sequestered like the MLB team is, teams are, then I, I think it has to be, how are the teams? If, if that team's a seven-point favorite, that team's a seven-point favorite. You know, we're not talking about maybe the Dome um, in December or, or, or the um, – the uh, the Saints having to go somewhere in in the playoffs cold. The weather's going to be there. The cool. weather's lines won't move, but that's that's more December type. And I think we got to still figure out you know the the September October November stuff before we get to the December stuff. One hundred percent. Well, we're gonna end on that. I hope everyone enjoyed um, this quick little query across the the past week or so um i want to thank brandon first for his great analysis and and fortitude going and just charging on through all these podcasts as we're moving forward um again uh you could find him at first report on twitter i'm at portland 76er on twitter we're also launching our new instagram igtv channel um you could find that at ESBC Betting Podcast on Instagram. We look forward to adding and following many more subscribers and listeners to our show. Um, hopefully next week uh, we'll have some, some, some new news in regards to sports opening back up. Uh, speaking of San Diego, while we were off the air going in, working diligently to get into phase three of things. Um, the NCAA uh, announcing today that uh, student-athletes can be on campus. Um, how's that going to affect each state across this nation and their individual institutions? What it's going to do on a county level? Um, and that'll be next week's talk, or next week's show. So, Brandon, do you have anything left for us in conclusion, too? You know, I, I, I love the, the pod. I love the rhythm of it. Um, it's always, always nice to, to team up with you. And, um, yeah, I'm excited. I do believe next week or next time it will be uh, – we'll be moving this show to Saturdays, correct? We're going to try uh, – we'll talk about that off okay. this week. But we're going to do it definitely once a week. Yep. And it's going to be the top five sports topics on Twitter that we deem – subjective across betting lines now things are a little tough now that nothing's really going on for us so we're we're trying to stay in rhythm and uh, fine-tune this craft and give our listeners as much as our time and knowledge and opinions and analysis as possible um and you could find us at the esbc podcast listen to the old ones um josh Myself and Be First are advocates of our past shows because they do give great insight onto every one of our thought processes and business acumen and, um, you know, the rules that we follow, you know, 
Rule number two, always do your research. Rule number one, never bet on your own team, for example, and so on and so on. Um, we thank you for listening. Uh, my hat's off to Brandon for making his time available. And um, we're looking forward to future shows ahead. Thank you again and um, have a good day.